you're able to remain standing, please do so. Take your copies of God's Word and turn with me to 2 Samuel 19. Second Samuel 19, we'll begin at verse 1 and read to the end of the chapter, verse 43. Here now the word of God, it is infallible, it is inerrant, it is God speaking to us, so let us pay close attention. It was told Joab, behold, the king is weeping and mourning for Absalom. So the victory that day was turned into mourning for all the people. For the people heard that day, the king is grieving for his son. And the people stole into the city that day as people still and who are ashamed when they flee in battle. The king covered his face. And the king cried with a loud voice, O oh, my son Absalom, O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Then Joab came into the house of the king and said, You have today covered with shame the faces of all your servants who have this day saved your life and the lives of your sons and your daughters, and the lives of your wives and your concubines. Because you love those who hate you and hate those who love you. For you've made it clear today that commanders and servants are nothing for you. For today I know that if Absalom were alive and all of us were dead today, then you would be pleased. Now therefore arise, go out and speak kindly to your servants. For I swear by the Lord, if you do not go out, not a man will stay with you this night. And this will be worse for, me, for you than all the evil that has come upon you from your youth until now. And the king arose and took his seat in the gate. And the people were told, behold, the king is sitting in the gate. And all the people came before the king. Now Israel had fled every man to his own home. And all the people were arguing throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king delivered us from the hand of our enemies and saved us from the hand of the Philistines. And now he has fled out of the land from Absalom. But Absalom, whom we anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now, therefore, why do you say nothing about bringing the king back? And King David sent this message to Zadok and Abiathar the priest. Say to the elders of Judah, why should you be the last to bring the king back to his house when the word of all Israel has come to the king? You are my brothers. You are my bone and my flesh. Why then should you be the last to bring back the king? And say to Amasa, are you not my bone and my flesh? God do so to me and more also if you're not commander of my army from now on in place of Joab. And he swayed the heart of all the men of Judah as one man, so that they sent word to the king, Return both you and all your servants. So the king came back to the Jordan, and Judah came to Gilgal to meet the king and to bring the king over the Jordan. And Shimei, the son of Gera, the Benjaminite, from Baharim, hurried to come down with the men of Judah to meet King David. And with him were a thousand men from, from Benjamin. And Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, with his fifteen sons and his twenty servants, rushed down to the Jordan before the king. 
And they crossed the ford to bring over the king's household and to do his pleasure. And Shimei, the son of Gareth, fell down before the king as he was about to cross the Jordan and said to the king, Let not my lord hold me guilty. Or remember how your servant did wrong on the day my lord the king left Jerusalem. Do not let the king take it to heart. For your servant knows that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I have come this day, the first of all the house of Joseph, to come down to meet my lord, the king. Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, answered, Shall not Shemai be put to death for this, because he cursed the Lord's, the Lord's anointed? But David said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah, that you should this day be an adversary to me? Shall anyone be put to death in Israel this day? For do I not know that I am this day king over Israel? The king said to Shammai, you shall not die. And the, and the king gave him his oath. And Mephibosheth, the son, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king. He had taken, neither taken care of his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he came back in safety. When he came to Jerusalem to meet the king, the king said to him, Why did you not go with me, Mephibosheth? He answered, My lord, O king, my servant deceived me. For your servant said to him, I will saddle a donkey for myself that I may ride on it and go with the king. For your servant is lame. He has slandered your servant to my lord the king. But my lord the king is like the angel of God. Do therefore what seems good to you. For all my father's house were men doomed to death before my lord the king. But you set your servants among those who eat at your table. What further right have I then to cry to the king? The king said to him, why speak any more of your affairs? I have decided that you and Ziba shall divide the land. And Mephibosheth said to the king, Oh, let him take it all, since my lord the king has come home safely. Now Barzillai the Gileadite had come down from Ragalim and went on with the king to the Jordan to escort him over the Jordan. Barzillai was a very aged man, 80 years old. He had provided the king with food while he stayed at Mahanaim, for he was a very wealthy man. And the king said to Barzillai, come over with me and I will provide you with me in Jerusalem. But Barzillai said to the king, how many years have I still to live that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? I am this day 80 years old. Can I discern what is pleasant and what is not? Can your servant taste what he eats or what he drinks? Can I still listen to the voice of singing men and singing women why then should your servant be an added burden to my Lord the King? Your servant will go a little way over the Jordan with the King. Why should the King repay me with such a reward? Please let your servant return that I may die in my own city in the grave of my father and my mother. But here is your servant, Chimham. Let him go over with my lord the king and do for him whatever seems good to you. And the king answered, Chimham shall go over with me and I will do for him whatever seems good to you. And all that you desire of me, I will do for you. 
And all the people went over the Jordan and the king went over and the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him and he returned to his own home. The king went on to Gilgal and Chimham went on with him. All the people of Judah and also half the people of Israel brought the king on his way. Then all the men of Israel came to the king and said to the king, Why have our brothers, the men of Judah, stolen you away and brought the king and his household over the Jordan? And all of David's men with him. All the men of Judah answered the men of Israel. Because the king is our close relative. Why then are you angry over this matter? Have we eaten it all at the king's expense? Or has he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah. We have ten shares in the king. And in David also we have more than you. Why then do you despise us? Were we not the first to speak of bringing back our king? But the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. The grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of our God endures forever. You may be seated. Last Sunday evening we were in 2 Samuel 18 and we saw that battle that took the life of David's son Absalom. We saw how God Himself delivered David from his son and the wicked intentions of his son. His son was seeking to overthrow his father to kill him and to become king over Israel. We then heard of the news of Absalom's death, how it went to the king. And we left off last week uh, looking at the grief of David. At the end of our text last week, we said that David was acting as a father and not as a king. Uh, We read uh, of nothing uh, of the fact that David was thankful to God for the deliverance from his enemies. And so as we left last week, David's army in triumph and David was in tears. We continue on tonight and we see David's return to Jerusalem and we see that David is still in tears concerning his son. Now that is very natural for a parent who loses a son to to grieve over that son. Again, the, 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 the grief of David was more than just for the death of his son. It was also for the eternal state of his son. David knew the wickedness of his son's heart. And so David is in tears again Tonight, again, not showing thankfulness to God for deliverance. No, Joab actually has to come and, and, and encourage him and tell him and rebuke him to go and to speak to the people. Why was that? Because as we read through our text tonight, maybe you, you got the sense that the, the, the nation of Israel, they were on the brink. Many of them had followed Absalom, and Absalom was a disappointment. The rest remained loyal to David, and you still have these factions, and we see that tonight as David returns to Jerusalem. And also it was David's responsibility to bring the country back together under his rule. After all, David is the anointed king of God over Israel. And so there are three things we see and hear of tonight in our text. And the first is Joab's rebuke of David. 
word went to Joab that the king was weeping and mourning over Absalom. It was a disappointment for Joab, and not only for Joab, but for the army that had fought for David, that he was in tears for the death of Absalom. Again, Absalom was the enemy. Absalom was the one that would have killed his father. And so for David to be weeping was an insult to those men who risked their lives to save the king. As they go back to where David was, they would have expected to have had some fanfare, some praise, some thanksgiving by the king to them. But they did not find that at all. They found David mourning. And as David was mourning, the victory that day was turned into mourning. And all the people were mourning because the king was in mourning for his son. And they stole, the people stole into the city that day as people still and who are ashamed when they flee in battle. David's mourning over his son, yet his enemy was causing everyone in Israel and with David at that moment to mourn. And so Joab takes action. Joab, the general of David's forces, he, he confronts the king in verse 5. You have today covered with shame the faces of all of your servants who have this day saved your life and the lives of your sons and your daughters and the lives of your wives and your concubines because you love those who hate you and hate those who love you. For you made it clear today that the commanders and servants are nothing to do uh, to you. For today I know that if Absalom were alive and all of us were dead today, then you would be pleased. Now that does seem to be the case, doesn't it? David even said last week that it would, he had rather it would have been him that died than Absalom. And, and so Joab knows this and he, he calls him in this rebuke. He calls them to act like the king. To stand up, to shake off his grief and stop shaming those men who risk their lives. So he goes on, he advises David to do something. To present himself immediately at the head of the troops. To smile upon them, to welcome them home, to congratulate their success. Now, David could have done what in his grief? Well, he could, have, he could have killed Joab. After all, he is king. Joab is his commander. Now, we will see in a moment David has a plan to replace Joab as commander. And it might be because of this rebuke. But, but he takes it and he does that which Joab tells him. He shook off his grief. He anointed his head. He washed his clothes. And, and his or he washed his face that he might not appear to mourn. And he went to the gate of the city. What happens? The people come out and they flock to David and they come before the king. They are safe now. All with David are safe. God has delivered them. But then the second thing we see is David's return to Jerusalem in verses 9 through 15. And, and in verses 9 and 10, what do we find? We find Israel doing that which it did, does well. They, they argue. They like to argue, right? We, we've seen that throughout. They, they, they are complainers. They are arguers. They are murmurers. 
And so all the people were arguing throughout all the tribes of Israel saying, the king delivered us from the hand of our enemies and saved us from the hand of the Philistines. And now he has fled out of the land from Absalom. But Absalom, who he anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now therefore, why do you say nothing about bringing the king back? Now it's strange that David did not immediately return to Jerusalem. Could he have gone back with his army? Yes, he could have went back from Gilead and he could have marched back to Jerusalem and he could go back that way, but he did not want to go back as a conqueror, but as one who had been invited back in. Again, the, 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 the nation is divided. And so the men of Israel, they were the first ones to talk of the return of David. And for good reason, David had formerly helped them. He had rescued them. He had fought and won battles for them. And he had done them much good in his life. And so it was a shame that the king continues in his banishment. Absalom is dead. The king needs to come back. And so it is their intent to bring the king back. And so David then sends a message to Zadok and, and Abiathar in verses 11 through 15, the priests. And he, he is calling to the elders of Judah. He has heard of the desire of the ten northern tribes to, to have him come back. But he hasn't heard anything from Judah. And so he inquires why that should be the case. Why Judah has not called for him to come back. After all, they are his brothers. They are his bone and flesh. Why would they be the last to bring back the king? And he speaks to Amasa and he says, God, do so to me more and also if you're not commander of my army from now on in place of Joab. And so the king swayed the hearts of the men of Judah as one man and they sent word to the king, please return with your servants. And so we have this processional from Gilgal as David is marching back to Jerusalem and as he goes to the Jordan. And as he goes to the Jordan, we have people coming to meet him. And that's what the rest of our chapter is about. David, we see, shows mercy to both foes and friends. Now, did you notice the first one that came back or that met David? It was Shammai. Now, why would Shammai and also Ziba? Remember Ziba, the, the servant of Mephibosheth. They were one of the first ones to come back to David. And both men had deceived David. Both men could have faced great punishment. And, and the focus here is on Shammai. Do you remember what he did a few chapters back? He cursed David. When David was leaving Jerusalem, he cursed David. He threw stones at David and all the servants of David. And he said, get out, get out, you man of blood, you worthless man. And David's men wanted to take care of him right away, but David would not allow it. David saw that cursing as coming from the hand of God. And so now he comes and he falls down before the king and he confesses 
his sin and he asked the king not to hold him guilty or remember the wrong that he did to the king. After all, David was the Lord's anointed. Now verse 21, Abishai did not really take a liking to this. He says, shall not Shammai be put to death for this because he cursed the Lord's anointed. But David would have none of it. What have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah, that you should this day be as an adversary to me? Shall anyone be put to death in Israel this day? For do I not, not know that I am this day king over Israel? And the king said to Shammai, you shall not die. And the king gave him his oath. But then we hear of Mephibosheth. Do you remember Mephibosheth? He was the last remaining son of Saul. And we know that he was lame in both of his feet because the Scriptures have told us that several times. And David showed Mephibosheth great kindness. He made him a part of his own family. Mephibosheth could eat at the king's table at any time. And so Mephibosheth hears that the king has returned. And so he too goes down. And David asked him, why did you not go with me? Now again, Ziba had deceived Mephibosheth. Ziba had told David that Mephibosheth sought the thought that since David was, was running away and Absalom his son was, was after the kingship, that maybe that maybe Mephibosheth would become king. Now, and Mephibosheth had not said any of that. It was deception. And so Mephibosheth lays it out for David. I, I wanted to go, but Ziba, my servant, he, he deceived me. And he came and he met you. And he has slandered my name. But O oh, king, you are like an angel of God. Do whatever seems good to you. See, Mephibosheth remembered the kindness of David. David could have exterminated completely the house of Saul, but he showed Mephibosheth great kindness. Again, he allowed him to eat at his table. He allowed him to be a part of his house. And he says, what further right have I been to cry to the king? Now, you remember when Ziba deceived David that David gave everything concerning Mephibosheth to Ziba. All of his land, everything went to Ziba. David was deceived, but now David sets that right. He says in verse 29, Why speak any more of your affairs? I have decided you and Ziba shall divide the land. And Mephibosheth said to the king, Oh, let him take it all. I don't care about the land. You, my Lord, you, are, you have safely come home. But then there's the kindness that David showed to Barzillai. Barzillai the Gileadite. Now why did David want to show him this kindness? Well, the text tells us because Barzillai was very good to David. Barzillai had great wealth, blessed by Jehovah, and he used a lot of that wealth for the benefit of David and his men. And so David wants to repay that kindness. And he wants Barzillai to come over the Jordan with him and come back to Jerusalem. And, and Barzillai, though, is an old man. He's 80 years old. 
And he says, how much longer do I have? I'm really no service to you, King. Uh, I can't. Can I discern what is pleasant, what is not? Can I? Can I taste what I eat or drink? Can I even hear the singing of men or women anymore, King? I, I would be too much of a burden to you. And so Barzillai kindly declines the invitation, but he does ask something of the King. He says, "Can my son go?" Chimham, can he go over with you? Can he serve you, the king? And the king answered, He shall go over with me, and I will do for him whatever seems good to you. And all that you desire of me, I will do for you. And all the people went over the Jordan, and the king went over, and the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned to his own home. And Chimham, his son, went with David. And so we have all the people of Judah half of the people of Israel, bringing the king on his way. And the text ends with an argument. An argument between the men of Israel and the men of Judah. David came over Jordan, attended and assisted by the men of Judah. Half of Israel came also, but they were too late to witness the solemnity of, the David, of David the king crossing back over the Jordan. And so this brought upon them this argument. And so the, the men of Israel, they had a complaint against the men of Judah. That they performed this ceremony without them. After all, David is king over both Israel and Judah. In verse 42, the men of Judah give their excuse. All the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, because the king is our close relative. Why then are you angry over this matter? Have we eaten it all at the king's expense? Or has, has he given us any gifts? Their excuse was, we're closer in relation to the king than you. He's part of our family. They denied the... The, the, the charge of self-seeking and what they had done in this and the men of Israel's vindication of their charge is in verse 43 when they answer, we have ten shares in the king and in David also we have more than you. Why then did you despise us? Were we not the first to speak of bringing back our king? Now what is that phrase, ten shares? Well, there are ten tribes. In the northern tribe, two in the southern. One being Judah in the southern. And, and so there's a greater share uh, over Israel, the, the northern tribe, and they believed that they were slighted. And the men of Judah slighted them as, as they were the ones who said, let's bring the king back. Because of the goodness he has done for us. And the text says that the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. Now what application can we make here this evening? We see in the rebuke of Joah that there are times where we also might need a rebuke. Even in times of great grief. Oh, the rebuke of a friend and how God uses that many times to cause us to come to our senses, just like we see with David tonight. Joab 
rebuking him to his face, caused David to come back to his senses. If he had not done that, there could have been a civil war. There could have been war in Israel. And so David was wise to heed the rebuke of Joab. And we too are wise to heed rebukes when they come to us, especially when they come to us from friends. The rebuke of a friend is a precious thing. Is what God uses to correct us in where we are wrong. The second thing we see is how great of mercy David showed his enemies. Again, Shammai and Ziba, men who had deceived David. One cursed David, the other deceived David. David could have put these men to death. He could especially have put Shammai to death because of the fact that he cursed them, was throwing stones at the king. And David showed him mercy. Now why is that? Well, David knew something of mercy. David knew of the mercy of God. And did you notice what Shammai did? He repented of his sin. He came to the king. He, he confessed his sin to the king. He confessed his wrong. And David said, you shall not die. Oh, and that is a picture of how God deals with us. When we sin, and we sin every day against the Lord, and that sin deserves death, that sin deserves the wrath of God, but yet we come and we confess that, and what are we shown? We are shown mercy. We are shown the grace of God, the mercy of God to sinners. That is the great mercy we rejoice in tonight. We see mercy with, with Ziba. Again, Ziba deceived David. And, and, and David made a very bad decision in giving everything of Mephibosheth to Ziba. And now we see Ziba, or as Mephibosheth tells David what happens, that, that he, he does that which is right. He thought Mephibosheth had become his enemy. But he showed him great mercy. As we think of the mercy of God, we know where God shows us that mercy tonight. It is found in Christ. It is found only in the Lord Jesus. We are in need of that mercy and that grace every day. We are in need of God to shower us with His grace and mercy again because every day we sin. And we know that when we go and confess our sins to the Lord, we are forgiven. And we are shown mercy. And so let me ask you tonight, do you know the mercy of God? That mercy is only found in Christ. It's not found in yourself. It is not found anywhere else. It is found in the Lord Jesus. He is the one who gives us that mercy. Why? Because He is the one who came and who lived that perfect life on behalf of His people. And He took that perfect obedience to the cross and there died for the sins of His people. And He was placed in the grave. And on the third day, He rose again for the justification of His people. And so do you want to, the mercy of God tonight? You must flee to Christ. And you must fall down before Him. And say that you have sinned. That you have sinned and you have transgressed His law. 
And that you turn from your sin you put your faith and trust in Jesus. As you do that in faith, as you do that as God calls you to His Son, the Anointed One, King David, and His words to Shammai are also spoken to you. You shall not die. You shall not die that second death, which is the judgment of God. And so let us find that mercy that is found in God, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because just as David gave his oath, the Lord has given his oath that all whom Christ has died for will not be lost. May God add His blessing to reading, hearing, and preaching of His Word. Let us pray. Lord our God, we thank You tonight for Your Word. We thank You for that mercy and grace that You give sinners. Now Lord, I pray now for any who are here who are in need of that mercy and grace that You would bestow it upon them. That You would come even now by way of Your Holy Spirit and You would show them their sin and their need of a Savior and drive them to Christ. And, O Lord, we thank You that You are a merciful God. That You love to show mercy. And show us that mercy here tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.